Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. In the books of First and Second Peter, often a single word can add much richness and meaning to what is being said. For example, Peter begins his first epistle by pointing us to the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. This word sprinkling was surely used to remind the Hebrew believers that he was writing to of how the sprinkling of the blood of goats and sheep that they were familiar with in the Old Testament Jewish religion was simply or merely a type, a foreshadowing of the real eternal offering of the blood of Christ. His was a sprinkling that accomplished far more than the temporary atonement of the sacrifices in the Old Testament. For this sprinkling guarantees our full possession of all the benefits and blessings of the entire new covenant from now and for eternity. Bill Lawson has joined us as we come to the third life study in this life study of First Peter. It's really a rich portion. We've opened up the first couple of days, Bill, and I'm glad you're here as we kick it off this week. Right, Chris. It's been a while since I've been here, so it's really good to rejoin you here in the studio as we get into this rich portion in First Peter. Uh, one of the things that's been a, a recurring theme, we won't talk about it so much directly today, but even uh, I'd like to mention it as we sort of open the program, Bill, and that is what we see that has been wrought into the Apostle Peter by the time he becomes the author, the writer of these two uh, short but very, very packed, loaded epistles. And in both the first two programs, we saw the contrast between how Peter really was in the Gospels and a person who was, as Bob said yesterday, Bob Danker, he uh, often would speak when he should be silent, and he was silent when it was time for him to speak. And I think we can relate to this, but the Lord really wrought a full salvation into Peter, didn't he? Right. Especially like you say, Chris, when we look at Peter in the Gospels, we just couldn't believe how many blunders one person could make. Uh, And of course, no doubt the Lord referred to him most of the time as the old creation name of Simon. He said, Simon, Simon, showing how much Peter lacked transformation. But it's amazing, I was considering one time, that these epistles that he wrote later in his life are not called First and Second Simon. They're First and Second Peter, showing he really had a degree of transformation. So the Lord really did work into him a particular work of grace and salvation to enable Peter to write such epistles of First and Second Peter. And you can't help but appreciate his language, his use of the language. And here he was this unlearned fisherman, you know, from Galilee, a kind of a despised region, hadn't had formal training that we're aware of. And yet uh, his expression in these two books is just marvelous. And even as we use this example, we'll hear about it in the first section that uh, Witness Lee will bring forth today. Uh, his use of adjectives and modifiers is quite marvelous, very fine. i just like to read verse 2. 
from 1 Peter 1. And again, remind our listeners of just the language and the meaning and profundity that's really embodied in his use of the language here. Chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. It's quite marvelous. He didn't just say the blood of Christ, but it's the sprinkling and really targeted to his audience, wasn't it? Right. Of course, he used terms that the uh, Jewish believers could fully identify with the matter of sprinkling. They knew the Old Testament, the sprinkling of the blood of the animals and so on. Now he's applying it to the New Testament. Of course, Peter, like you say, Chris, did not have the formal education that Paul did. Paul was quite profound in his use of language, having a uh, the Greek philosophy and uh, uh, being a Roman citizen and studying under the feet of Gamaliel. But Peter, although he was a fisherman, did not have formal education. Still, the Lord really worked in his life to enable him even to use this heavenly spiritual language at the end of his life. Yeah. It's really quite quite marvelous. It really is. Well, why don't we join Witness Lee? Bill will come back and talk about these and some of the points that uh, Witness Lee will introduce today. I like the word sprinkling used by Peter. You know, when Peter used that word, Peter's thought was that. You scattered Jewish believers. You knew a lot of the sprinkling of the blood of the goats and sheep in the Old Testament. But now you have to know that sprinkling of the animal blood was a type of the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. The old sprinkling only brought God's people into the Old Testament blessing. But this new sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ brings you all into the full enjoyment of God's New Testament. Just that one word indicates a lot. Now here, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has regenerated us. The Father has not only chosen us, but also regenerated us. At the very moment when we got sprinkled outside by the blood, we got regenerated inside by the sanctifying spirit. What is to be regenerated? That is to have another life. Not the human life, but the divine life. The first birth was a birth of the human life. The second birth is a birth of the divine life. Hallelujah. God the Father, who has chosen us, has regenerated us into a living hope. What is this? When we got sprinkled, the life-giving spirit right away comes into us to enliven us. This day, living hope. And everything related to us Everything will become living. Everything will be living. Bill, in uh, these early verses in First Peter chapter 1, we see the matter of God's 
choosing, his selection of us, certainly in eternity past. And then actually there's a kind of a series of items that are referred to here, his selection, the spirit sanctifying, then the, the redemption that we saw, see by the sprinkling of the blood of Christ. But it all seems to be culminating in this matter of regeneration, doesn't it? Really so, Chris. The span of time here is quite broad. You have the Father's choosing us in eternity. But in time, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they have to carry out the action of that choosing. So in time, the Spirit comes to work on us, to separate us, to bring us to the point where we are willing to receive His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the based on the redemption of Christ, when He, of course, shed His blood that redeemed us. So the Father chose us in eternity past, then the Spirit, in time, right, He came to us to separate us, to touch us, to bring us to the point for us to be redeemed by the Son's redemption. And then the work that the Lord did upon us, now he regenerates us and brings his divine life into us to make everything involved with us life and living with the eternal life. So you have the choosing of the Father, you have the sanctifying of the Spirit, you have the redeeming of the Son. All of that is for the Lord to do as the Spirit to come into us, to regenerate us, to give us a divine life with a divine birth, to make now everything full of life. And of course, the life there refers to the eternal life. So now our spirit that was deadened in the fall is regenerated by the life of Christ, and now everything related to us is a matter of the rich enjoyment of that divine life. You know, these terms are often thrown about in sort of theological contexts, um, and we don't want to leave it in that realm, especially this matter of regeneration. It really is a fundamental, isn't it, to uh, our going on in the Christian life, to have a kind of a realization that just as in our first birth we received human life, in our second birth, in our new birth, we receive an entirely different life, don't we? Really so. Regeneration is not a small thing. It's the first experience organically of our enjoying and being united with the divine life of Christ. In our first birth, we're born with a human life, with a human nature. But in the second birth, we receive something much better, much richer, a divine birth, a divine life with a divine nature. And everything related to the divine life can now be enjoyed by the believers today. So regeneration is not a small thing. Brother Lee uh, fellowshiped with us one time and told us that the person that gave him the most help concerning regeneration is a brother who is now with the Lord, Brother T. Austin Sparks. And Brother Lee got a lot of help from him. Of course, Brother Lee went further than Brother Sparks to really open up the divine birth, right, is the divine life entering into us. It's this being born of the Spirit, receiving the divine life, becoming the children of God, and being born into God's kingdom, God's realm of life. So regeneration is very important because it's the first experience of God's life actually coming into us to eventually make our whole being life, right? Regenerating Mm -hmm. our spirit, transforming our soul, eventually glorifying our body to make our whole being a being of the divine life. Very significant. Peter opens this epistle by bringing in this matter of regeneration and, of course, uh, all that had transpired in the working of the triune God to bring that about. But it's a foundational element as he goes further. And I think that leads us to uh, our next section. If we go on and read the next uh, three verses in First Peter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has regenerated us unto a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead unto an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and unfading kept in the heavens for you who are being guarded by the power of God through faith unto a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. Boy, these verses are packed, aren't they? They really are. All right, let's go on. We want to look at our uh, divine inheritance. At the end of verse 3, you have comma, not a period, right? Then verse 4 says, into, again. And this means the living hope is the inheritance. The inheritance is the living hope. Could you see this? Let me check with you. Is this inheritance for today or for the future? Let me tell you. Over 50 years ago, I was taught in a way that says this is the inheritance of the eternal blessing. And all the blessing of eternity is there in the heavens. Not for you today, but for you in the future, that after you die. When you go into the heavenly mansion, there you will enjoy this inheritance. I was taught so, and I believe many among you have been also taught in this way, right? In a brief words, most Christians just consider the inheritance here something material. Only something everlasting. This is altogether a kind of natural interpretation. No light. No revelation. This is too natural. We all have to realize, yes, in this verse, it says, this inheritance is kept, or is being kept, in heavens for us. But it doesn't say, Listen, for us in the future. There's not such a phrase in the future. Our natural understanding has such a phrase in the future. This is the inheritance for us today, tomorrow, and forever. From the day when you got saved, this inheritance is your portion. Uh, Bill, he very directly comes right at our natural thought, our natural understanding, and I must say our sort of natural interpretation of these verses. It does have this phrase in there that the inheritance is kept in the heavens for us, but it doesn't say anywhere, does it, that this is for our enjoyment or our benefit in the future. But we supply those words, don't we? Right, because of our mainly our traditional, even our theological understanding we inject many times the wrong meaning into the Word. The Word is revealing one thing, but our natural understanding and even background would would say another thing. It's interesting, Chris, in verse 3, Peter talks about a living hope, which it could be rendered a hope of life or a hope of the divine life. Of course, in the human life, when we're born or when uh, our children are born, we have a lot of hope for them. And the hope is in that life, that the child will grow in that life, will develop in that life, will be educated, maybe become a PhD or whatever, have a nice family, be healthy, and have a hope 
even that the child would become someone great or someone very useful to society. In the same way, in the divine realm, when we receive the Lord's life, this life is full of hope, right. much more than we could imagine. There's the hope that this divine life would enter into us, it would blossom in us, it would grow in us, and all of the divine rich attributes and virtues that are inherent in this divine life would fully be expressed through us to make us exactly like Christ. This is a living hope. But after Peter touches the living hope, he doesn't stop there in verse 3. He goes on as a comma at the end of verse 3, showing in verse 4, it's an inheritance, unto an inheritance. That means the hope of this divine life is also an inheritance. But naturally, we think of an inheritance, I can only get it in the future. I can't get it now. I cannot enjoy it now. But really, in the divine things, we enjoy it now and in the future. Mm. And this is hard for our human understanding to really grasp. That means we should enjoy the riches of this divine life today so that one day we will enjoy it in full. Uh, Similarly, uh, Chris, uh, in the human realm, when a human being is born, they're born with a human life, and right away with a human life, they enjoy the sunshine, the air, the water. All these things are theirs by birth. They inherit those things by being a human being. In the same way, when we receive the divine life and divine nature, we inherit all of the riches of that divine life and nature now, not just for the future, but we enjoy those things now to such an extent that they become even our portion and our inheritance in the future. This is, I think, what Peter has in mind here. Wow, that's a great distinction to make between uh, the idea that there's this special reward reserved for us that one day we'll enter into this. And in a sense, there is that aspect, but he is really presenting us with an enjoyment of that inheritance that begins, as we just heard, from the moment we're saved today and forever. Tremendous, isn't it? Right, really so. Because if not, then how can we enjoy anything today? Today we're just waiting to enjoy the inheritance. But every day we should enjoy that inheritance. In uh, section three, in our final section today, uh, I think he has an excellent example, an illustration of the sense in which we are, are better to understand this phrase, kept in the heavens for us. How about we join Witnessly for that? We all know what is an inheritance. An inheritance is just a proper, legal, legitimate possession, right? An inheritance is a kind of possession, not gained by your energy, by your ability, by your doing, but by inheriting. On the day we got saved, we inherited something. That is our possession. All the blessings related to the eternal life. In the second birth, I tell you, we have been brought into a new inheritance, not the inheritance on this earth, but kept in the heavens. It is in the heavens. Yet we can enjoy it on the earth. Are not we enjoying electricity this morning? But where is electricity? Far, far away, kept in the power plant. The inheritance, the heavenly inheritance, the uh, spiritual inheritance, the divine inheritance is kept not on earth. It's kept in heavens. Yet it is all the time being what? Being transmitted into our spirit for our enjoyment. We, the reborn ones, do have 
such a transmission. Saints, the inheritance is for us now. This is our possession. It is legal. It is proper. It is legitimate. Because Christ died to buy this for us. Christ has paid the price. Christ has bowed this for us. We have been sprinkled and we are still under this sprinkling of the purchasing blood. So now we are here just enjoying, enjoying this inheritance. Hallelujah. Well, Bill, I'm just marveling here how this uh, message has come full circle. We began with this matter of the sprinkling, and he reminds the Hebrew believers of this at the beginning. But then he takes us through this uh, marvelous uh, progression and brings us to our inheritance, which we have the ability to enjoy, not just in the future, but today, because of what he has secured with his sprinkling. It's too marvelous, isn't it? Right. Without the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, Chris, there's no way for us to even receive the inheritance. Not only so, because of the shed blood, we can enjoy that inheritance, not just once and for all. In my particular background, very fundamental Christian background, I was told that now that I'm redeemed, I'm saved, and now I don't need anything more, I'm okay, and now I try to live like Christ or something. But this is really, there's much more than this. This inheritance Peter is talking about it's reserved, it's held someplace, not on the earth, but it's heavenly, it's spiritual, it's divine. So surely it's held in the heavens, right. but it's enjoyed on the earth. It's a real mystery. <laughs> it's held in one place in the heavens, but it's enjoyed by us here on the earth. That implies a transmission. You know, like yeah. Paul in first uh, chapter of Ephesians, he talks about this uh, great power that operated in Christ. Eventually, he was made head over all things to the church. That shows the heavenly transmission of all that Christ is and did transmitted to the church. So this, now— This is the analogy he's making with the power plant and the electricity, exactly, right? Exactly, and the generator. Right now, we know that the, the electricity is kept in the generator right now. If it were not in generator, we would not be receiving it. But it's not only in the generator, it's being transmitted to us moment by moment, in, installed into our home so we can enjoy it. It's the same thing with this rich inheritance, this treasure, this divine life, the divine nature, the grace, the glory, all of this is reserved in the heavens, but we can enjoy it now, day by day, in our spirit by the transmission of Christ. It's marvelous. And secured and guaranteed by the payment of this shed precious blood. That's right. Christians for, for centuries have misunderstood this matter of waiting for things to be enjoyed in the future. Right. This very Christ that we received as our inheritance is not only our inheritance in the future, we'll inherit him in full, but we can enjoy him now. The more we enjoy him now, the more we inherit him in the future. <laughs> Phil, I, I get the feeling, listening to messages like this, enjoying these verses like this, uh, as believers, we're all guilty, I think. We really undersell the salvation we have, don't we? Right. I mean, we present it to people and we say, you know, if you believe your sins will be forgiven, what a tragedy to just kind of reduce it to that. It's true, but as I said, this is a complete underselling. I think we got a glimpse today that uh, what is secured in his shed blood is far, far beyond our common natural thought. And substantially, Chris, this inheritance involves the coming salvation of our souls, right? right? Our spirit is saved now. We enjoy him. Our soul is saved. Eventually, when the Lord comes back, our body will be saved. So in the future, and even now, we enjoy the salvation, right, of our soul. 
the grace to be received when the Lord is revealed, the glory to be revealed to us, the unfading crown of glory, and the eternal glory. All of these things are not merely for the future. It's for us to enjoy today. This is really a revelation. I hope all of you listening will uh, contact us to get these printed messages. We we had to leave out a lot in this program. Uh, There was so much there. I think we got a a good kind of uh, appetizer. Uh, foretaste of what's there, but these messages are extremely rich. And if you're going to be following along with this day by day in this life study of uh, First and Second Peter, uh, the best way to do it is to have these printed messages so that you can get into the depths. If you'd like to uh, get these two volumes, contact us toll free one eight 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 Life Study eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. Or you can write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or if you prefer, send email to us. Just address it to radio at lsm.org. We'll be back tomorrow as we continue now in this life study of First Peter. For Bill Lawson, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.